close your eyes. Okay. No, not you. Oh. The listeners. Unless you're driving, don't. Don't close your eyes. If you're not driving, close your eyes. And imagine a white-walled room with four walls and a door, also painted white, with a desk inside, and a tiny, hard couch. Picture me, Alex, sitting on that couch, wearing black sweatpants covered in white cat hair. A men's large sweater from the 2017 CrossFit Games wearing headphones. Across from me sitting at the desk is Meredith wearing (laughs) what also look to be men's large maroon sweatpants (laughs) and a tight green craft base layer. Are you wearing a bra? (laughs) She's wearing a bra, thank goodness. And headphones, headset. And Ivy's curled up beside me. I had on glasses earlier, too. So, in case you're wondering what we look like, where we're sitting. Okay, I had a couple of, like, Zoom calls There are zero. There are zero decorations in this room. (laughs) It's pure white. (laughs) I had on a disgusting sweatshirt when I got up this morning. Welcome to episode 60. (laughs) (laughs) But I I had two zoom calls so i was like i'll put on this and it's not craft it's lululemon oh, okay but it's warm and it's like a little like half turtleneck i thought it looked smart and so i put it on but i mean like anyone does anyone bother like <laughs> putting on actual pants i mean i would consider my black sweatpants actual pants because they are a significant upgrade for my polka dotted pjs that's true these sweatpants are not an upgrade no, they're not. They're not. They're like the cheapest sweatpants I think I've ever owned. But also, I really like. Them. You could fit four of your asses into those sweatpants. Yeah, they're extremely comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at today. Two p.m. on a Tuesday. So, if you're wondering why we don't do YouTube episodes very frequently, that's why. Mostly, we do uh, like Talking Head, yeah. like nipple up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's why you don't get to. If intro. it's cold, it's above the nipple up. Just slightly. Just slightly up from the nipple and up. Yeah, I mean, otherwise it's like, hey, eyes up here. <laughs> yep. So, um, the other day, and I, I, I imagine most people have had similar experiences. I'm sure some people that just avoid it at all costs, and then there are other people who thrive in these moments, and. It's the moment when a stranger like does something that really annoys you. And so the question is, do you say something and how that, that plays out? Take it from here, Meredith. I would first like to preface this with, I don't seek out or choose violence. Physical or verbal. But sometimes scenarios present themselves where it's necessitated. I like, <laughs> I'm also, you know, I, I do a lot of reading and I like a lot of the Buddha, Buddhist principles. But you don't one, practice them in your real life. I do struggle <laughs> to sometimes put them into practice. And the one that I struggle with the most is specifically around frustrations and in, in like situations and in moments that involve other people. 
because a lot of your frustration is derived from whatever assumption or story you're telling yourself about that person. Um, Which is mostly true. A lot of the times it is. Um, It's certainly validating when you get into a moment and you realize that you have made the correct assumption. Um, Which for me is 100% of the time. Yeah, never wrong. So yeah, last week we uh, went for a couple's massage and... Okay, please explain more. It wasn't a couple's massage. I was getting a massage, a sports massage, and Meredith was getting physio to her foot. Yeah. And it's the same company and they we booked like one after another but with different people. So they configured their schedules to make it so that we could have our appointments at the same time. Yes. And we're on different sides of the building. But I just think not it's, that there's anything wrong with a couple's massage. No, I just I like I think it's funnier to say couple's massage. So we had couples couples massage and we um, got there a few minutes early, pulled in the parking lot. We're doing what we normally do and we have some time to kill. And we were like doing some work on our phones, wrap that up, walking towards the building. And it's in this area where there's like a couple of businesses and they all share a parking lot that is adjacent. So we're walking from the parking area of the parking lot towards the sidewalk. And to do that, you have to traverse the drive. Like there's There's no other way to get to the sidewalk. You have to cut across the driveway, like the entrance to the parking lot. And as we are... I mean, you could go around the other side of the building. Yeah, but all the way around? (laughs) Yeah. That would be ridiculous. And then you're walking down an alley. Yeah. Um, So as we're traversing... Works if you have to pee, but... (laughs) Make a pit stop. (laughs) As we're traversing the driveway... I only pee in public places when I'm drunk. This person... That's not true. and when i'm running there you go and when i'm on the ski hill and when you feel like it yeah um (laughs) and when we're on road trips and in front of ranches and when i've had too much water which is many many times so anyways we're traversing the driveway and this person pulls into the parking lot going inappropriately fast i don't know like how to judge turning at least 100 kilometers an hour which for the Americans listening is like 15 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> you're making this story difficult to tell. She was fishtailing. Yeah. Into the... Well, actually, probably a little bit. So she pulls in and it's like, it's also really snowy and icy because it snowed last week and it was very And she cold. was driving one of those miniature school buses. I, Painted pink. No, she was driving a go-kart and she hit a banana and spun out. Um... So she pulls in going a little going too fast and we're she does it right as we're in the middle of the driveway. So she pulls in and it's like, oh, hi, ho, we're here. You're about to hit us. And instead of like stopping or slowing down, she swerved like kind of swerves around us and then speeds up as if like we are in the wrong somehow. And I looked at her like as she was doing it, like she looked at me and so I kind of like threw I, my and hands I up. said, whoa, geez. Like as in really? Yeah. Because, of course, I like to be audible with my reactions in those moments. I like to be more visual. Yeah, you didn't say a word. No. <laughs> um, but I said, whoa, geez. And then I was like, oh, well. Kept on walking. And I have spun around completely. And I'm now looking at the car, which parked a few spots down from ours. I actually wanted to make sure she wasn't going to hit our car. And she didn't. And so I think you, you at that point were like, just leave it. Just leave it. I was like, come on, Meredith, please just leave it. Just come on. Just leave it. It's not worth it. 
it's not worth it and i was thinking just okay. go inside i was thinking at this point it's like 5 p.m there aren't that many businesses in this little strip area there's only one maybe two that are even open right now like there's a good chance we are about to go to the same place um which at didn't this point, stop me at this point i'm like i'm out of here yeah um so i can't she, take this level of stress i was like yeah yeah i'm coming whatever i did i said whatever it took to get you to turn away just turn around and leave me so you turn around and walk off and i turn back around and i was like which was actually you didn't say anything you pretended to walk towards me yes yeah and then you were like yeah i fucking got her i'm <laughs> going back she bit um so then i turned back around and i figured with someone someone who is that urgently trying to get into a parking lot is urgently going to be exiting their vehicle and she did um so she came, she, she got out of the car and she was walking now towards me, still standing kind of where I was. And I was like, did you not see us here? And she kind of said, well, you're standing in the middle of the driveway. Like you're standing in the middle of the road. That's what I think she said. And, um, so I being the clever person that I am kind of turned around. I was like, yeah, whatever. And so I turned around and walked knowing, knowing full well what, what she was about to do, which is follow the exact same path across the driveway that we had so when she got to approximately where we were standing i turned around and i said oh you mean right there you mean we were standing right where you're standing right now and she kind of stopped and was like looking at me i was like because how the else do you get to the sidewalk besides walking right where you're walking and then i turned around because i had won at that point and sure enough get to the door of the physio and guess who's right behind me? That chick. The girl. And I saw that. I was like, oh, geez. They were walking like a foot apart. Yep. Um, so, yeah, instead of holding the door for her, I cracked it, snuck in, and then physically closed <laughs> it behind me because that felt like the most... Mature thing to do. Yep. Um, so then our friend... And who, I was like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> so i'm like doing the little license plate thing for the parking lot and you know our friend who owns the physio walks up and he says hey how's it going and i said it's going great i was almost hit in your parking lot and he said oh hit like punched and i was like no like hit with a vehicle and the girl's standing right behind me at this point just like and i don't know what she did with her face but he just like he was like this is uncomfortable i'll be right back and then like turned around and walked off it was an uncomfortable moment for every every party except for Meredith. It was not uncomfortable for me. It was exhilarating, supremely satisfying for me because I was like, I have won. And she did apologize. She came around. I had like settled down or whatever on my table and she walked by and said, I'm sorry, I was just in a rush. And I will say, was it the most mature response? Probably not. Like I am. I do feel a little bit bad just because like I feel like I probably made her feel a little bit worse than maybe I should have. Um. It was just end of the day on a Wednesday. I was like tired, busy day. I had worked out. I was going into like enjoy some torturous PT on my foot and was almost killed by a vehicle. Yeah. So I do, I do hope that that means that she will not maybe sp speed around quite so much. Do you ever feel sometimes, cause I have this like sick desire to just like give people what's coming to them even sometimes at, at the my own expense okay so sometimes i think even if i'm getting tailgate i'm like i just really want them to just like i'm just gonna slam on the brake just so they <laughs> rear end me yeah like it's t in some moments i think that would be worth it mm -hmm. or like 
I'm actually going to just walk and they'll hit me with their car. And then we'll see who feels bad about it. Then who will learn their lesson? Then who will be sued for medical costs? <laughs> I don't care if I'm in a full body cast. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Meredith also does this in, it always happens on air, airplanes. Oh, geez. Because, well, I'll let you explain. Well, I have uh, this. So whenever, if you fly enough, you know, like if there's a really tight connection and there's like actually a legitimate possibility that someone misses their connection, they will come on and say like, there are people on this flight with tight connections. We ask that you remain seated while they move to the front of the plane so they can make their connection. And they will say that. Uh, I have zero tolerance for when someone who is in the back of the plane basically as soon as the like ding seatbelts off they they get their running shit down and they run down the aisle and which they only run for about two la- lanes or two two rows well it bugs me because i'm like there's a few things going on here the first thing is i've probably paid to sit a little bit closer to the exit than you have like you didn't pay for upgraded seats you're sitting in the toilet that's your problem like if you booked a tight connection and chose to sit in the toilet that's also your problem not my problem and it's also like the likelihood i don't even think it's people who have tight connections they're just people who want to be off the plane i will i'm going to interrupt you there i think it's reasonable for somebody who has a tight connection to be able to get off the plane yeah the the fact of the matter is for some weird reason the human race is in a rush against itself to get out of their their airline seats as soon as the seatbelt sign goes off. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's weird. It's like you've been sitting for six hours, gotten up to go to the washroom. Why is it that you can't spend one second longer? You'd rather stand hunched over in a tiny area when you can't even stand up the whole way because the, the ceiling is too low. Yeah, the overhead. Then just stay seated for an extra two minutes. And exit the plane as it becomes your time to so exit I, the plane. So I think it would be reasonable if people acted like reasonable people, which I mean, I know that's impossible, for them to stay seated, allow the people who have connections and only the people who have connections to get up, walk down the aisle and get out of the plane. The problem is two things. One, people who don't have connections will stand up because for no good reason, in my opinion. And number two, people who don't have connections will take advantage of the fact that maybe some people are going to stay seated and try to get to the front of the plane quickly yeah. because they want to get off the plane. Who doesn't? It is. Humans are fundamentally self-serving. Yeah. So I still think it's in, a, in an ideal world, we can hope one day everyone will stay seated to allow people with close connections to get off the plane. That's oh, never going to happen. That becomes less and less likely every single year. Yeah. But so, I do take it as my responsibility in these moments. If I see someone scuttling up the aisle to stand up and block them, which I can usually do because I'm usually in the aisle seat. And so I do that. I do exactly that. Or if it's... If she sees someone coming from even just the row behind her, Meredith get, will get up and block them. Yep. And not only will she block them, but she'll say something. Yeah. Like, why do you think that you have more of a right to exit this plane than this person who you're about to cut off? Or me. Or my partner. Why do you think that? And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, wait your turn. 
And they usually have nothing to say back. They don't. And honestly, if people, if someone wants to get off the plane bad enough, where they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I just have a tight connection. I just, I have a tight connection. That's fine. I don't give those people a hard time. It's the people who don't have a tight connection and they just want to get off the plane in the wrong order. I am 100% 100 of the time going to say something about that. Number one pet peeve. Did you ever think that maybe you might be the one who's preventing the people with tight connections from getting off the plane? You're the one jumping up thinking you're doing your duty. I think that sounds like an alternate reality in which I never wish to live in. Maybe. I mean, that could be the case. Honestly, it would be surprising if I never get into an actual altercation on a, on a flight. This I, is the reason why I need to start booking first class because otherwise. I had a bad. tiff with one guy once. I can't remember what the specific problem was. Basically, I asked to trade seats with him because I wanted to sit in the window and he was offended. And then it turned into like a little bit of a tiff. And then basically I Meredith was sitting across the aisle from me and I was like, Meredith. Meredith, switch with me. I can't sit next to this person. He's mad at me. And she was like, I don't know you. <laughs> and then halfway through the flight, the old man was like, I'm done sleeping. Do you want to switch? And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't. So that was uncomfortable. Yeah, also. that was one of the more uncomfortable ones because you get really mad. Yeah, we were we were not okay. No. That was not. But I do think it started with you asking. And then instead of just saying no, the guy said something really snotty. Yeah, he was being rude. It wasn't me. Yeah. Um, You did say something equally snotty after that, which is what made it really awkward. I just can't remember. Well, how am I supposed to behave? Yeah. It's justified at that point. I think so. Tit for tat, as they say. Um, All right. I found this really cool quiz online. Last night when I was, I don't know what I was doing, some work. But it got me because it was like, take the ketogenic diet quiz. But it had pictures of feet with like different toe orientations. So like, you know, one foot, it like slanted down. And then one had like a big second toe and then slanted down. And then somehow there was like the opposite. And I was like, oh, I've never seen a foot like that in my life. And it was like, <laughs> keto diet based on your foot shape. In the little sidebar there on the browser. So I clicked on it. And uh, yeah, it's it's a, a one-minute keto quiz that I thought maybe I would take to see what it says about me. Should we take it? Yeah. Okay. Um, the first question, select your gender. So we'll go female. Second question, what is your primary goal? So the options lose weight, get fit, gain muscle. Say get fit. All right. We're going to get fit. I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but. Plish. What is a must for you? Manage cravings slash starvation. I mean, like, I feel like starvation is kind of a global issue. I don't think you can manage that with a diet quiz. Manage starvation. Yeah. What does that even mean? I don't know. It's a really weird question. Okay. Okay. So manage starvation. Not going to go with no. Enjoy the food you love. This seems hard on the keto diet, but. Probably going to pick that one. Keep food budget under control or none. So I'm going to say enjoy the foods I love, which includes carbohydrates. So height, I am six foot one. No, you're not. I'm just kidding. I'm five four. Weight, a lady doesn't tell. 
Desired, One million pounds. Desired weight. So it's weight, desired weight. I'm putting the same, so no weight loss, which always breaks these things. So let's see what it does. Which image best describes your current body type? Ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. So those are somatypes. And by saying current body type, it implies that you can change that, but actually you can't. So it should just say, what body type are you? Um, ectomorphs like long and lean endomorph is more round and short mesomorph is kind of in the middle that's me so i'm gonna go mesomorph describe your typical day what am i huh what am i probably mesomorph describe your typical day at the office daily long walks physical work mostly at home uh mostly at home yeah how long has it been since you were at your ideal weight less than one year one to two years more than three years Never. So it doesn't have the right answer for me, which is I'm currently at my ideal weight. That's um, a, that's a quite the assumption on their part. Uh-huh. So I guess... But the keto is only for weight loss, right? Yeah. So how long has it been since you're at your ideal weight? I mean, I guess I could just say, what, less than a year? Since I'm... Is, it, is that as close to current? Yeah, I just... Whatever. I wouldn't... Select the habits that are true for you. Alcohol, sweet treats, carbonated beverages, salty foods, eating in front of the TV. Those aren't really habits. In fact, none of those are habits. Eating um, in front of the TV is. Okay, we'll go with that one. Well, your, you don't do that, but I think it would be considered a habit. Um, your physical activity, almost none, only walks, fitness one to two times a week, fitness three to five, fitness three to seven, five to seven. So we'll go five to seven. <clears throat> how is your energy during the day steady dragging before meals post-lunch slump we'll go steady we're almost done how much do you sleep less than five five to six seven to eight more than eight so we'll go more than eight because i rock how much water do you drink daily only coffee or tea oh my god can you imagine i think i would die less than two glasses two to six more than six i'm gonna go with more than six uh, how much time do you have for meal prep daily? Less than 30 minutes, 30 to 60, more than one hour. Um, 30 to 60. Mark, what vegetable you want to include? What? <laughs> how long is this quiz? I only have two questions left. Broccoli, sweet potato, mushrooms, tomatoes, peas, spinach, zucchini, peppers. All of the above. I think you can only pick one. So we'll go with broccoli, I guess. Oh no, you can pick a few. Corn. I'm pick all of them because like, you can't have all of these and be keto. So I'm going to pick all of them. Which mark the products you want to include? Avocado, eggs, yogurt, cottage cheese, tofu, olives, peanut butter, nuts, mozzarella. I don't know. Um, peanut butter, cottage cheese, yogurt, eggs, avocado. Which are kind of the ones I eat. Next. Okay, let's see what it says here. It's probably like... Pay $5 to see your results. Probably. Let's see. Subscribe now. Analyzing your dietary profile, estimating metabolic age, adapting plans, selecting suitable recipes. Your custom keto plan is ready. Um, okay, let's see here. I have to enter an email, so I'll just use my alias email, which I can't tell you what it is because then it wouldn't be an alias anymore. Um, based on your answers, you will be... 100 pounds by March 22nd. <laughs> okay, that's because my oh, that's my weight now. Um, BMI. 
Well, that's rude. Um, <laughs> okay, let's see here. Calories. Ooh. Okay. Guess how many calories I get to eat a day. 13. 13. Yeah, 1320. I have a range. Recommended daily calorie range of 1,188 to 1,453. I shit you not. Get excited. This is how we predict your body will change. I wish I could actually show you. So it's someone who doesn't look like me, but is unfortunately like, I mean, that doesn't look like me. It's also a person who's kind of overweight. <laughs> and then the person on the right is like Instagram bikini model. <laughs> before or after are they cartoons and most importantly it thinks that i will make this change um between now in 21 and, days and uh yeah march by it, march 2020 yeah the end of the month so in 30 days i will go i will be an instagram model okay what i my proposal here is do it do it do it and see what happens oh, i can't do that can you imagine I'm pretty sure Ivy eats more than that much food. Yeah. 11, 1200 calories. Well, that went exactly I, like I'm I pretty sure you come. consume that by breakfast, by the end of breakfast. I think my breakfast is around 1000 calories. Yeah. That's true. That's wild. That's how they all are. <laughs> Anyways, glad we got to walk through that together. So, what's the site for anyone who wants to give it a go? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to if you don't think tactic is for you, better me dash keto dash diet dot com slash purchase generated order whatever that means and then we'll keep you updated on on what other emails meredith receives yeah um i'm sure there'll be lots of really great right information now. that we can use i can reserve my oh a one one month plan for only 87 cents per day that's a deal yeah for sure i don't these before and after pictures 1200 calories if I did that one day, I would be not okay. Yeah. But I'm going to look up this Leanna Davis certified nut nutrition expert and fitness coach. Anywho. Leanna Davis nutrition. Keto diet. Karen Davis. Oh, she's from like North Carolina. That's so sad. Um. Okay. So we had people... We put up a link on our Instagram where people could, in quotes, phone in. Oh, yeah. You can call the show. You can. So we have a... And I'll, I'll make sure I put this up. Or we put this up again in the show notes. Or maybe it'll just live permanently in the, the show notes. But you can go online and record a voice, voice memo like you're calling into a radio show. Because this isn't a radio show. But it is a podcast. And then we can download the uh, audio. And it's like someone's calling in. So... It was super annoying. So Ivy found the link the other day and she left like 66 voice memos or something <laughs> ridiculous. Just asking for like more food that somebody needed to clean her litter box. It was these like very like specific requests <laughs> and sifting through those to try to find legitimate like nutrition questions was a task. Cause a lot of them were like, <sighs> so the first one we have, um, is from Ivy, right? Totally. <laughs> what was Ivy's question? Um, it was, is, is college, is there a collagen supplement for cats? Um, you know, I don't know. 
the answer to that question. Ivy, I will get back to you. Um, okay, so let's, you want to do the first one? We'll just do one for today. She also said, is it normal to get cotton mouth when cleaning yourself? Um, you know, I've only, I've, I, I also not my area of expertise, so I will have to do some research, I reckon. Any she also had another question. Okay. It was more of a medical question. Okay. But it was, how do you check for skin cancer spots when you have fur? Oh. Well, I think the primary... Um, how much sunlight is too much for a cat? Well, she doesn't really get a lot of sunlight. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Which brings me to my next question. Do you need to supplement vitamin D for cats? I feel like there's probably something to vitamin d metabolism in animals then she had another one okay it was um do cats have taste buds uh i mean like judging by like what she eats i'm gonna go with no because like re- freeze-dried whitefish really have you smelled that stuff she's also wondering how many calories zoomies burn well, it's really like what you need to be worried about with zoomies is not the calories you burn during zoomies, but the post post exercise, the per, the post zoomie oxygen consumption, which would increase your metabolic needs for maybe potentially hours after zoomies. So it's not the 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 zoomie itself; it's the zoomie plus the after effect of the zoomie. Um, and then on the zoomie note, she's wondering if a cat that zooms more than another cat need, needs more sleep. Over and above the 17.5 recommended hours for cats. Well, there's a lot that goes into that question as well. Are you zooming? Is this cat zooming up and downstairs or is this single floor zooming? Both. Is there any, like, does, is this there's a long There's also a crinkle ball involved, a crinkle ball involved usually. Oh, yeah. So the weight of the crinkle ball would matter, you know, and like long hair or short hair because long haired cats would burn more energy like cleaning themselves in off hours and, and also there's not as much aerodynamics yeah so more cats. wind resistance yeah more energy expenditure so ivy it's really hard to compare the activity of one cat's zoomies to another it's individual you just need to stick with what works for you and i'm just gonna put this right here she also had another question and it was um are most cats left or right-handed well you know, that would require a pretty well-designed uh, experiment and data set to yeah. assess. So maybe we'll... I may or may not have conducted that exact experiment in grade three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we might do it again on like a big grand scale. Okay, so we don't want to spoil this? Yeah. No, we're not. That's where we're leaving it. Okay. So let's do... There was only one other. There was only there was 67 total memos and 66 of them were from Ivy. There was one other one. So we'll, so. Are you going to get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a second. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Tia Claire Toomey stating she has gained 22 pounds on her five foot four frame, though visually it does not appear that she has 20 pounds on her in her YouTube videos and the um, 
tendency of CrossFit athletes to over-dramatize things to increase hits on their YouTube channel when this is supposed to be a sport of health and fitness, period. I mean, she didn't even say hi, which is kind of rude, but um, makes a good point. And I like that she said it and we didn't. It's, yeah, I feel like we kind of backed off the Tia bashing there for a little bit. Not Tia bashing, but... We didn't ever bash Tia. And I'm sure we've discussed this before, but we put up a post about two summers ago um, when Tia put her day of eating and claimed to eat, I think it was like 21 or 2,000 calories, 2,100, 2,000 calories, and how much she was training and all that, and like weighing things like spinach at lunch, but then going and ordering Chipotle with with guacamole and not weighing it. Like none of it really made sense, and it was well, we we felt that number one, it wasn't very truthful. But that was besides the point. The main point that we put across in our video was that regardless of what someone says they eat, it doesn't matter because it's personal, and there are many different factors, and that. Just because somebody else is eating 2,000 calories doesn't mean you should be eating 22, shouldn't be eating 2,200, which is what a lot of our, like, people eat to maintain their body weight. Well, even the other day, I had a relatively newer, like, a newer client who sent me a message on a Saturday, which is sort of bizarre. Anyways, um, and she said, I just watched, I watched Tia's Day of Eating, and I don't know if she's done a more recent one, and this, this is someone who I'm like, I've been working with to, like, be, like, um, help her become okay with eating more than she historically has thought she needed because she's active. She's trying to perform in the gym and her intake is around like 2,300 calories per day or like we're getting up there. And she said, I've watched like the day of eating from Tia. And then like there was a couple of other athletes who did one. She's like, it just doesn't make sense how these elite games athletes are only eating. You are eating less than me, but like performing and it just makes me think like I'm like I'm overeating and this and this and um, it's just it's that whole like understand your impact and your reach and I feel like that was a misrepresentation uh, of what a normal day is for her I feel like it and it at a minimum was not well thought out and then yeah like you said the main takeaway from our video is it doesn't matter there's so many things that go into the needs of just a like one human being versus the needs of another that like we had we had like recreational crossfit athletes reaching out being like how is it possible that i'm eating more than tia and then we had people who are our clients who are moms who are like how is it possible i'm eating more than tia like am i eating too much just like this woman and then we had other games athletes mm -hmm. messaging us and being like um Okay, but mostly this, like thank you for saying something. Yeah, it was after we posted like I I watched this and I was questioning my nutrition. Yeah. Like I felt like there was like worried that I was doing something wrong like so what happened was then um a blogger like did a video on this on Vlog, vlogger. Vlog, vlog. Did a, a a day like a video on this video and then used clips from our Instagram IGTV post but took things that we said completely out of context if you're gonna watch our video it's about I don't even know I haven't watched it probably like two or three minutes long yeah and he took out 10 second clips and they were out of context and so people were watching his video 
and not watching our video. And then they would go to our post and post hateful comments on our post saying like, and then some of them weren't even hateful. They were like, T is a good person. It's like, like, we never said that she wasn't like, we never actually said anything about Tia's motives. We just said like people. Yeah. The takeaway is here. Just focus on you. Nutrition is personal. And then, yeah, that was just really, that got kind of ugly. Yeah, it did. Um, And it was just, we just had to kind of defend what our perspective was. And, and the fact that we have people's, I mean, to go as far as their mental health in our, in, in our interest. Yeah. Cause food is, is such a sensitive subject. And then, um, you know, in that line of thinking, I think that kind of answers the question to some degree is because food is, is so sensitive and because it, it is, it, it is of high interest to people who are trying to improve their health or improve their performance or just look like you know, Tia looks or look like they work out a lot or whatever their goals are. Whenever someone posts, whenever someone like Tia or who who has reached that level of success posts about nutrition, it is going to draw a lot of interest. And so I think that is like some of the motive behind why Tia and other people do post about nutrition a lot is they know and they probably see that those videos specifically get a lot of clicks and a lot of engagement um to be honest like i don't i don't do a lot of i don't follow tia on youtube um i've watched a handful of videos uh i just i find the platform to be a little bit annoying but i did like ironically i watched this video when it I, like either someone sent it to me or it came up in my feed and the um the title of the video i'm just gonna pull it up really quick um it's a bit misleading. So it says the title of the video is I gained 20 pounds, how I plan to get my fitness back. And, and uh, maybe that's the one that yeah, the that's, woman was referring to. I think so. And in the video, I think she does say I gained 22 pounds. Um, I don't like just the, the title alone, like the implication that fitness has anything at all to do with body weight, especially on like a frame, like in a person like Tia is a little bit misleading, borderline sort of dangerous in narrative fitness and body weight are not married. They're not coupled. The smaller you are does not mean the more fit you are. Um, Body weight, of course, goes like can play a role in athletic performance, but certainly is not a huge factor in fitness. So I don't, the title to begin with, I have a problem with. So I watched this video when it came out, even though I don't really, I don't really watch Tia's videos. And I, I found it odd when I watched it. I was like, well, um, why, like, A, why haven't we heard about, like, she's so public. Why has this not been mentioned until now? Um, and it's not like she's doing no training. And then, like, visually, like, you look at her and she doesn't look any different. And um, so then I start doing some some research. And then, like, her the video that came out after was, like, um titled I haven't worked out in three months first day back in the gym and like you she has literally posted working out while in Lake Placid or wherever it was that she was training at the U.S. training facility or the bobsled facility like she was working out she just wasn't doing Metcon so the whole thing is like the narrative's really weird to begin with 
Um, and just to like, to, because it needs to be said, like what Tia did, like going for, for bobsled, like that's, it's impressive. Like it's, this is not to take anything away from that kind of training or, you know, striving for that goal because it's, it's impressive that she is good enough to be considered for multiple sports and is, is athletic enough to pick things up that quickly. It's not, I mean, bobsled is not the most highly skilled sport, but it's, it's not nothing. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to say that cause it is, it is impressive, but then, um, she posted some training videos, it, like back in December, November of her, you know, up in the mountains training with other winter, like bobsled athletes and like visually and like, we're not really in the business of assessing people's bodies. Um, but when you reach a certain level of body fat, you can visually kind of ballpark where someone is from a body fat percentage. So you look at someone like Tia and it's, it's actually really easy to do with women because women don't tend to be extremely lean. It takes like, I mean, high level athletes are, but when a, a female is like visibly very lean, you can kind of say, okay, she is. And like Tia is ballpark in the 10 to 15% body fat range, which is like looking at her videos training and like placid, I would think, 10 to 15% body fat still. So to say she's, she gained 20 pounds or more during that time, looking the way that she does in training, which is someone who is 10 to 20 or 10 to 15% body fat. Mathematically, that would mean she would have to have gained like around 15 pounds of muscle mass, which is without training, not possible. Yeah. Apparently without training. Um, yeah, it's just, it's highly 20 pounds of any kind of weight in that period of span of time Mm -hmm. would be really hard. And then to do that and also keep her, like keep your top end speed up. Cause that's like bobsled. You're doing a lot of sprinting work. Yeah. So you wouldn't be able to, and like, this is like, so the, while we're on the topic and I only know this because I wrote, I wrote this piece for morning chalk up a while back the body weight makes an enormous impact to to specifically speed output um and i was doing this research when noah had reported all like you know the his his weight change and his weight loss like how important is body weight um difficult to assess in a sport like crossfit where strength matters um body awareness gymnastics that kind of thing it's it's a little bit too hard to assess but when you are just looking at flat out speed on your feet massively impactful like the there's there's a couple of studies done on racehorses so you're looking at animals that weigh 14 to 1600 pounds and how much if you had to guess how much weight would it take to slow down a racehorse by five body lengths 50 pounds you would guess 50 pounds as a so as a percent of their their body weight that would be what around, um, let's do 50 divided by 1500. Yeah. So around 3%. Yeah. It was actually four pounds. You add four pounds to a racehorse and he loses the race because that's how much speed it takes off. And they've done similar assessments with sprinters. So like 20 pounds on a, on a human female whose sport requires like maximal speed but, and I don't know enough about bobsled, but 
there was also the trade-off with having more weight in the sled going down yes so it's possible maybe that she needed that weight like it's not it is all about the start but it also isn't well there's tons of it's about the start and then it's about the weight in the sled but you have to remember you know it's not sliding on nothing and while the like the coefficient of friction is very low there still is a friction like there's a friction component with the sled and so it's a a balance between start speed weight in the sled you don't want it to be too heavy because then your friction on the ice is too much so there's a lot that goes into it but i don't think that like from just from a visual standpoint 20 pounds no not not with that level of leanness so that's not to say you can't experience some amount of like inflammation and water retention especially with like traveling kind of the and, noah olsen scenario yeah but then like you know also when i'm thinking about noah and he talked about this um and and mike talked about this in his follow-up video when noah was like i lost 20 pounds and then mike malloy had to come out and kind of say well this is kind of why that happened like there was a reduction in training volume a reduction in intensity um a reduction in stress and um so you take someone like Tia who's training CrossFit and then you put her in a less stressful training environment where you're not training a lot of high intensity. You're not doing Metcons. You're doing strength work and speed work. And that's kind of it. Like in intuitively, it wouldn't, it would make sense actually that her weight may drop because she would lose a lot of that training related inflammation from, from getting rid of the high intensity stuff. Yeah. But to the, I mean, we can, we can make, or our own conclusions on whether it's possible or not but the fact of the matter is like I think the main issue is the fact that these athletes are I mean it's not just CrossFit athletes it's not like it's it's just it's nutrition it's kind of going back to our last podcast where it's like nutrition is being used in a in our opinion you could say in, in 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 an unethical way it's it's being used to get uh, clicks, and you can kind of clicks, s- money, attention, selling products, like anything. I mean, it's really there are athletes out there who will do ask me a question or days of eating, and they won't put their macros, or yeah. they'll somebody will say, "Well, what were your macros on this cut?" and the the athlete will say it you don't need to know it's irrelevant mm-hmm. like i'm me you're you my macros will tell you nothing about it doesn't matter it look like it doesn't matter and they yeah. understand the the propensity for something like that to have a really negative impact on a lot of people yeah but then the flip side of that is someone who is in social media management or content they understand what that means for clicks yeah especially if you you have you know, any kind of sponsorship or support from a nutrition or a supplement company, like posting about nutrition and supplementation is going to have a massive impact on your ability to sell those products and get kickback. And then that's, that's all sort of a, you know, with the backdrop of what social media and specifically like YouTube is kind of becoming, everything on YouTube is over the top. Like I watch YouTube videos for like tutorials, um, for like video editing or podcast editing or lighting or, you know, just sort of random stuff. And it's all, it's all done in such a dramatic way. Like you can't, like, that's just the way that YouTube is. It's, it's to get clicks. It's to keep people <clears throat> subscribe, like subscribe to your channel. 
Um, and CrossFit I find is especially sort of clickbaity right now or people in it. <clears throat> and it's like, you can't argue that the sport has sort of grown up in the public eye on social media. Yeah. I mean, we've made that argument before many times. And now you're just, so you're seeing it kind of pivot over to YouTube and <clears throat> there's a lot of money to be made on YouTube. So I think that's why you're seeing kind of the dramatization of almost everything. You know, what people eat, what they sleep on, what their recovery day looks like, days in the gym. Um, and it's all like, it's pretty interesting to, to compare that to other, to athletes in other sports, skiers, um, soccer players, collegiate athletes, not that collegiate athletes have time or money for YouTube, but, um, you can tell there's just a lot of the, the income right now for athletes is, is through clicks and is through sponsorship and, and that's very apparent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, on the bright side with some of the changes happening to CrossFit, it's possible that that will change that athletes will be making enough money in the sport that they don't have to do that. Yeah. And we have discussed this before. Yeah. And I think that would be the best possible outcome, not only for the athletes themselves, but for their, I mean, for the mental health of athletes, even like it's yeah. such a, it's such a mind game. It's such a mental thing to, to even as an athlete, look, on Instagram and YouTube and see what another athlete says they're doing. And then you're like, well, is that what they're actually doing? Or are they just saying that's what they're doing? Um, I think you've seen a inflation of training time. Like that's a big one. Athletes say they spend six to eight hours in the gym. And so then it's like, Oh shit, if I want to be even halfway good at this, I have to spend five, four to five hours in the gym. And it's like, but are they, I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of, this is off topic, but did you see the training, um, the Swedish speed skater who, re who released his training? Yes. Uh, did you look at it? Yes. It was, it is the most insane training. It was training. like Tuesday, eight hours bike. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find it. It's, he titled it. It was like, it was like he had this ready before he won. It was like he knew he was going to win and it's titled <clears throat> how to skate a 10k which is like such a it says how to skate a 10k and also half a 10k and it's like it's such a swedish title <laughs> so like to the point um but yeah it's it's crazy and he describes um so it's like general training idea he trains in like four different seasons and blocks so during the yeah okay i got it during the aerobic season so i guess this this is kind of you know base season Monday, seven hours biking at 260 watts. And just to like, so I was clear on what 260 watts is on the biker. As soon as I saw this program, I went down there and I pedaled up to 260 watts. And I was like, oh my God. It's, a, I mean, it's a, he's a speed skater, like long distance speed skater. His legs are huge. So it's like Monday, seven hours, 260. Tuesday, six hours biking at 250. Wednesday, two hours cross country skiing plus four hours biking at 250. Thursday, seven hours biking. It's like he basically does Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, a like minimum six hours of training every day. Saturday, Sunday, rest day. Completely. I would off. be curious to what he's eating. 
Um, he actually released that too. Oh. I haven't looked at I haven't looked at it um, in detail yet, but it looks like around seven thousand calories per wow. day, which makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Then during threshold season, he does basically five hours of um, <laughs> threshold intervals. It's five minutes, two hundred watts. Six minutes, two sixty. Four by thirty seconds at four hundred watts. Um, five minutes rest. Two point five hours. Two twenty. Five hours of, of yeah it's just like it's crazy um that that was that's what he does but you know that is someone who he probably is training that much but also eating seven thousand calories a day and winning gold but he's also doing a specific type of training yep that can be done in a little bit more volume than like oh yeah I mean, lifting weights when you look at it if you were to actually look like break down his if, if like heart rate intensity level i mean most of this training is at yeah you know zone one Very yeah easy. i mean high wattage but for him it's probably not no crazy he, like he explains that when he's yeah talking about the training design um with the yeah oh here it is yeah during this season i ate a lot probably around seven thousand calories per day i gained i gained about five kilograms during summer to stay on the safe side when it came to preventing injury so he's talking about weight yeah. gain as a a way to prevent energy injury which is true I tried to eat lots of fat, so my energy flow would be more even. Um, da, da, da. And then he talks about the difficulties with eating 7,000 calories a day. And even <laughs> he said, my dental health was shit during this period. Also a very Swedish thing to say. Mm. Just interesting. Yeah. I, um, I, I like that question, that call in, because it, it does, it kind of just, well, we pointed this out before, but it it brings it up again just just to to reiterate like stay stay in your lane like what's mm-hmm. good f- you know two things what's good for somebody else may not be what's good for you, and the second thing is just because someone says they're doing something doesn't mean they're actually doing it, yeah, and that's so, what I said to my client the other day when she asked about this. I was like the fundamental I was like number one, other people make terrible measuring sticks, and that's that's a a universal truth. It doesn't matter if it's nutrition or athletic performance or work performance or whatever. Other people, not usually a good idea to measure yourself against them. And then specifically with the nutrition and CrossFit in this area, you the fundamental flaw with using other people and comparing against them is that you have to be you have to believe that they're telling the truth. And I think that a lot of times people aren't. And that doesn't mean that they're blatantly trying to lie. It just means that food intake is really difficult to assess. And um, it's difficult to report. It's difficult to log properly. So when someone says, I'm definitely eating this much, you should say, "Mm, they're probably eating a range around that much. Yeah. It kind of goes back to, and this is super basic and everyone knows it, the fact that Instagram is a highlight reel. And no one... No one nowadays, because we know, is looking at their Instagram and has a bad day at the gym and goes, ah, well, you know, Susie Smith never has a bad day. <laughs> I never see a bad day on her Instagram. Yeah. No one does that because they're, we're smarter than that. I mean, maybe emotionally a little bit it gets to you. It does. If you're on Instagram all day and all you're seeing is PRs and like great runs and all this stuff and like people dressed up looking cool. You're going to look at yourself and be like, man, I'm slouch. But the fact of the matter is that's them on their best day. Yeah. That's what they felt like, you know, was valuable enough to post. 
And I think everyone knows that in a logical sense, but I think emotionally it's still really difficult to kind of snap out of it. Um, but it's the same thing on s some of these more specific topics like nutrition. Like it is, you know, their best day. They want to look like they're eating a lot or they want to look like they've, you know, made these great strides to come back and win the games for the sixth time. Like it makes her bigger than she is, whether it's, it's intentional or not. And I don't even think it's her. I think it's her marketing team and they're doing a good job, obviously, because, yeah, you know, obviously people are talking about, I mean, we are, but it's important. It's important to say like, mm, I, I don't think Tia would put up a video of her like, you know, eating junk food, which I'm sure she does to s because she's actually had a video about it. Yeah. So maybe she would put it up, but it's not, it's not in I think the she, day of she eating. It's just, it up, there's it's like, just like, I had a cheat day or cheat meal. Yeah. It's just, yeah. You just can't trust, trust everything that you see. Yep. And from a nutrition standpoint, it's best to kind of just work with somebody you trust or do what you know is best for you. And if you're not happy, find something else. And, but if you are happy and you're feeling good, then just trust in it. Yeah. It's just, it's tricky when, um, you know, and this is to go back to, to Noah, he posted about his, you know, his weight loss. I think he lost what, like 18 20. pounds, 20 pounds in a month. And again, a lot of that did, it did come out that a lot of that was inflammation and, not actual body mass, which I think, um, you know, most people who, who understand how this works would have guessed that that would be the case. Um, but there's no follow up. It's like, part of me wants to know, like, Hey Noah, the season has started back. What do you weigh now? Yeah. And the same thing with this, you know, with this Tia video is she said that she gained 22 pounds and that video went up not that long ago. And now we're in the open. And unless there's a follow up to that video, which I'm assuming that there's there might be, and I really am kind of, if there is, it's, it'll be really interesting. But even if there's not, do people just assume that she lost 22, 22 pounds by the time the open came around? Like what's also, okay. I'm just going to point this out. Her, her macros that she listed as her cut macros were around the same as her maintenance macros from a year ago. Mm-hmm which kind of tells you everything you need to know about whoever is doing it that just, YouTube. It doesn't, really, like, it doesn't line up. I mean, yeah, there's different factors and stuff, but yeah. Still sort of a little bit on the fishy side from a congruency standpoint. I wanted to say, um, so I've been running significantly more than I have in the past like five years. Yeah, like 60K a week or so, right? Yeah, and I kind of like just eating for performance. And like my training has shifted quite significantly. Um, guess how much weight I've lost in a year? Um, do you want me to guess? Yeah, like on average. I mean, wh my weight fluctuates up and down. But like if I'd averaged out the last month. I would guess that your year. weight has changed by two pounds. Yeah. Has two it? to three pounds. Yeah two to three pounds. And that's not me trying. That's just me eating. Probably there's some muscle, some muscle mass loss there. Yeah. Not, like when I, I put posted a video yesterday of me in 2014 doing, um, an open workout. That was this morning, but this morning. And I look very skinny, very small. Um, and you know, people, a couple of people come and my mom was one of them was like, Oh my God, did you even weigh a hundred pounds? <laughs> and I remember that year I weighed 130 pounds. So I've gained 
12 pounds and then lost two in the span of eight years. And that's with like consistent CrossFit training, like training like, you know, seven to 10 sessions a day for eight years. Seven to 10 sessions a day? Sorry, a week. Yeah. Okay, come on. I'm just kidding. Not funny. Okay. (laughs) Um, Seven to 10 sessions a week. mm -hmm. And I gained 10 pounds of muscle. In eight years. In eight years. Yeah. It takes time. I mean, genetics play a role. Like, I'm not the most genetically inclined to gain a ton of muscle. I just... You're a little bit of a hard gainer. Yeah. Um, But, oh, man. These, like, drastic changes. I just... I, I struggle to believe them. I mean, you look at bodybuilders and you look at how much they're eating in massing and the training they're doing and the weight that they gain, and that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's a lot. And it's a, a drastic change from the training that they're doing when they're cutting and the calories they're on when they're cutting. Yeah. These CrossFitters who claim to be losing and gaining 20 pounds by these tiny changes, like you're not actually <laughs> gaining like any sort of significant amount of body weight. I actually, I'm going to qualify that. I, it's highly, highly unlikely. Well, when you, you think are. about it. I don't want to say it's impossible because, you know, it's, it is possible, but it's, it's highly, highly unlikely. It's really hard to do without ergogenic aids. Yeah. And the... Um, when you think about it, so when you stop thinking about it as weight and you start thinking about it as body energy balance, which is really the best way to consider this, um, when you gain, if your body, if your body fat percentage doesn't change and you gain only muscle mass, which I think is probably your situation across eight years. So you gain, let's just say eight pounds of muscle mass, which is, I think fairly accurate for you and your, your body fat percentage remains the same. What does that do to your body energy? it goes down. Like you're, you're experiencing a net negative change in body energy means that you have on board on your frame, more eight pounds of more like metabolically active tissue because muscle is metabolically active. It requires energy just to be there. Whereas if you gain eight pounds of fat, you're in a, you know, net positive energy balance, body energy balance. So for CrossFit athletes or anyone to propose that you can change your, your body energy balance that drastically in an extremely short amount of time, that's ludicrous. You can't do it. Like you just cannot change. You can't gain fat. You can't lose fat. You can't gain muscle. You can't lose muscle that fat, that fast, especially not if you're, you're, you've been training this way for eight to 12 years, which most, most of these people have. So it's, it's crazy to me that people don't see it for what it is, which is just like, it's water loss. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I guess maybe Tia's current cut macros could be pretty close to her old maintenance if she is actually 20 pounds heavier. That would make some sense, starting out at least. Yeah, but do you think she has gained? No, but if, I'm just saying if she has. Okay. Yeah. So it might. So maybe that isn't the best like argument, but still, I agree with you. I just don't think, I think there's so much just marketing and clickbait and um oh what's the word when you like make stories better than they actually are embellish embellishment yeah Yeah. which i never ever have done on this podcast that's probably (laughs) never (laughs) actually there was that one podcast where i embellished our story like out of just i wanted to be funny 
And I think that was one of our most popular podcasts. I'm like, I should do that more often. It was the one where your mom was like, how have I not heard this story? And then like Meredith was tumbling down the road <laughs> on Sarsi. <laughs> and then you get to the, you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's wild though. The internet's such a crazy place. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say on that topic? I will say, and this is this is off topic. I'm gonna. Are you okay if I change the topic? Yeah. Um, it's really interesting to me because we're in week one of the open. The leaderboard just closed yesterday. It's interesting to see um, how different the the leaderboard is this year because I think that for the most part, I mean, the open doesn't really matter. It gets you to quarterfinals. Um, your open placement is not a score. It does not affect for, for elite people. Yeah. For elite people. There are obviously people who are going to squeak into quarterfinals and then the open matters a lot, but I'm talking about like games sort of sanctionals level people. They're casting a wide net for quarterfinals like they did last year. So there's just generally a little bit less concern. And I think it's interesting. I would say that the vast majority of the top 10% or so, maybe 5%, 5 to 10%, um, are are doing a one and done on this on the open workouts you know unless something happens with their video or something goes terribly wrong it's just like one done and so you're you're seeing scores that are a lot lower than i think would be normally expected um and i think it's i think it's a good thing like i've talked to a few people who are like yeah it's just it's really nice to just go in you do the open workout your score is what it is it doesn't matter um, you know you're going to be in the right spot for quarterfinals and you just move on with your training because for so long, um, you know, it'd be like you do it on Friday and then you redo it again on Monday and you actually get less fit across five weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you have to somehow turn that around for regionals prep. Um, I don't know. It's just Some interesting. people used to do it like Thursday night, Saturday and Monday. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. yeah. Remember when you did the workout three times, the one with all the double unders? And you got hurt? Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> I was like, well, I've learned my lesson. Can't do that. Do you remember the year that the leaderboard stayed open? 2017? And it was the dumbbell snatch. And some people did it like seven times. Legitimately, yeah. I knew somebody who did it seven times. Yes. And it's like, what? The How? dumbbell snatch box jump over, burpee box jump over. It was the, the workout that was repeated last year. Oh my goodness, year. that, I don't even know how, oh, I almost ouch. couldn't do it twice. Like I did it the first time after watching Sam Briggs, Sam do, Briggs it. do it and she switched on the ground and I was like, okay, I'm switching on the ground. Yeah. If Sam Briggs can do it. I can do it. When I realized like that is a one way street to like snap city on your back. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I've injured myself the next day. Yeah. So my back is never going to be the same. And then it was one of those like, yeah, you have to redo this because your score is not good. <laughs> yeah. I was in the same position. So tell me, what was your point? Of what? Bringing up the open. I just think it's it's interesting. Oh. It, there's no point really. I oh, just. Oh, okay. Um, womp, I, womp. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's sort of, you know, for so long, there the lead, like leaderboarding was such a thing. And now you're, people are just putting their scores up like, ah, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, and it's. I would like to see the sport move away from these like multiple, these windows for multiple attempts one day. We're not there yet, certainly, but, um, those... we are, we're getting there. If you think about it, quarterfinals doesn't leave the door open for 
Oh, I know. Very many repeats. But it does leave the door open to manipulate the order to do the workouts. So I would like to see long-term kind of what they did for the games in 2020, which is you mm-hmm. you have much tighter windows for workouts. I don't think that that's feasible with a large population competing no. in quarterfinals. I think it puts too much pressure on affiliate owners. I think it now you're 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 putting pressure on people who are not used to videoing and like having standards and rules and stuff. But I think long term it would be really neat to see that because um you know, it's that's the sport. Like that's being an athlete is going out there and, you know, yeah, giving I think, her a go and I do think that quarterfinals is a is enough to get the right people to semifinals. Oh, I completely agree with but that. Except I, last year cuz you know the squat oh yeah i mean yeah more this not the programming the structure the structure schedule yes but anyway um it'll be interesting to see how everybody does but okay um last qualification like nobody on this podcast what's that ivy not you. Don't speak for you. Okay. Don't okay. Speak nobody for on this podcast has a personal problem with Tia. It was just a topic of conversation. Oh so yeah. Don't come down on us, please. It was just. It was a call in. I saw that video and could have I don't easily personally even know her, so I'm not even talking to her personality. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know her. Yeah. But the yeah the video I saw the video and could have easily made it a topic before now and I didn't because, frankly, I just I don't care enough. But yeah. because someone brought it up within the context of like. And know, it's an important message, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Take it for what it is. Um, the internet is not an honest place. No. So Unless you're following our pages. Which are very honest, but also probably why we don't have that many followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, I'm not, whatever. Just do your thing. We're working our way up to a million. It's, you know, a million followers. One day at just, a time. One day at a time. Doesn't just happen. But yeah. 900,082.3 more to go. That was well done. <laughs> I thought your head was going to blow off there. Was that exhilarating? That was. You just did head math. I did. Yep. Insane. That was good. Um. Yeah. Anything else you want to wrap this up? Yep. Um. Close your eyes. Okay. No, not you. Oh, right. And drift off into a deep, deep sleep. But only if you're, it's bedtime. If it's not bedtime, then just close things out and get back to work. Definitely don't do it if you're driving. You're supposed to stop that there, but. Oh, you always need the last word. You didn't give me the universal I, hand I did, signal. I did. But that's, you're behind okay. my laptop screen. Yeah, you got to do the neck. Okay.